So we're starting a series called Laying with Lions. I want to I talk over the next several weeks over on the idea of ridiculous faith. Ridiculous faith. I've, I've learned something about me. So from our first launch service, uh, we are right at almost 12 years from launch service. Now from our small group, our beginning group that we started with, we're 12 years away already, but we're about 12 years from our launch service. And in 12 years, how many of you know you shouldn't be the same today as you were 12 years ago, right? Praise God. I, I see pictures, or I'll hear, I heard a sermon not too long ago that I preached uh, from that first year of Radiate Church, and I was like, oh dear God, why did they come back? It, you know, it's just not there. Anyway, um, and, and what I've learned is over the past, I think, couple of years, my faith, if I'm going to be transparent for a minute, my faith, not my belief in God, not my passion for God, my risk-taking faith, my ridiculous faith, of what I'm living my life to look like with God has gotten real soft. It's gotten real safe. It's almost like last week we talked about autopilot, right? And how your faith can get on autopilot and and you can just kind of go through the motions. And when you begin doing that, the less you hear God's voice, the less you're willing to take a chance with God's presence. The the, the, The less you're willing to take a chance with God's grace, with God's presence, with God's goodness, with God's power. And, and lately, I feel like the church, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, I'll make it about our church for a minute. Uh, I, I feel like our church has gotten real safe with our faith. Like it's been real good to just kind of, we just kind of, hey, God, I'll do what's safe. Hey, God, I'll, I'll, and I don't know if COVID put fear on the map for a lot of people. Like that's the word nobody ever wants to hear anymore is not fear, COVID. Like we, PTSD, you know. Uh, I don't know if fear, COVID put fear on the map. I don't know if a life experience put fear on the map for some people. I don't know if hurt, because hurt can make us draw inward and just go, let me do what's safe instead of do what's risky because I don't really want to put myself out on a limb. I don't want to do those things. And I don't know what happened, but I want to encourage some people today that maybe you're like me and maybe you're in the room and you haven't even put faith in Jesus yet. And, and, and partly that could be because you've watched Christians walk a real soft faith. Like why would you put your faith in a God that they don't even really believe in enough to live their life for? They just want to pray a prayer to and, and, and maybe you're in that. I just want to tell you from me, I'm sorry. Because I want to be somebody that lives an edgy faith. Like, if you know me at all, I'm pretty rambunctious. I'm pretty like, let's go for the goal. I'm like, let's, a thousand miles an hour, I ain't stopping for water unless I'm about to die. Like, we got to, and I've lost a little bit of that. It's like, uh, okay, we got to keep the, and how many of you know that the further you go and the bigger you get, the safer you become? Because you got to keep things going. You know what I'm saying? Like, the bigger the church gets, the harder it is to take risks. You know, we're pushing a thousand people a week right now, and like, it's hard to take risks when you get to that. I got two campuses, I got staff that I got to take care of, right? But how many of you know that sometimes life ain't about what I can do to get by? Sometimes it's about taking some faith, and I just need to encourage somebody that's ready to like get their edge back. Get their fire back. Like, get that part where it's like, ah, oh, let's go. Like, I'm talking to some, some people like that. I want to encourage you and remind you that eternity doesn't start one day. Eternity doesn't start at your last breath. Eternity starts when my life has been hidden in Christ. Eternity starts when my faith 
When my sinful nature has been replaced with his perfect sacrifice. Eternity starts there. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not in heaven yet. I haven't died yet. I know. So here's what we'll say to people. I'm going off cuff a little bit. We'll say to people, I'd die for you, but would you really live for them? It's a greater question. Because will I live my life in the fullness of Christ and let them watch? Impact their life to that. How, what kind of faith do I have? We didn't put our faith in a powerful God to be safe. I didn't put my faith in a God that, 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 opened, that parts the sea so that I could be safe. I, I didn't put my, my faith in a God that provides my every need so that I could provide my every need. Y'all get that one on the way home. Let me ask you a rhetorical question. Please don't answer this out loud. I have to say that sometimes because we like to be allowed, church. Let's say for a minute everything you've been taught about God is true. Everything that's biblically based. Let's put it that way because there's some, woo, some stuff. Let's say everything you've been taught about God is true. Let's say everything you read in the, you've read in the Bible about God is true. Let's say he really is the God that had so much compassion on the Israelites that even in the midst of the rebellion, he pulled them straight back to his heart. Let's say that he is the God that brought manna into the wilderness when they were hungry and needed food. Let's say that he really is the God that had Moses strike the, the rock and water came flowing out so that he could provide the Israelites' needs. Let's say that he really is the God that took down the walls of Jericho. Let's say that he really is the God that drew uh, people near in the midst of struggle and turmoil in the Old Testament. Let's say he is the God that sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so that he could have eternal relationship with me and you. Let's just say, right? Let's just say he is the God that will never actually leave us and never actually forsake us. Let's just say... That Jesus is the representation of God on the earth and everything Jesus did on the earth is actually a reflection of the character of God. Let's just say it. Let's just say we believe that. Everything, and, and get in your mind for a minute. Like, what is it that you know about God? Let's just say all those crazy, amazing, miraculous things are true. Let me ask you this rhetorical question. What about your life would change? If you really lived that, lived it, because how many of you know there's a difference in believing something and living something? If you really believed it and lived it, what would your life look like as opposed to what it looks like now? I've been asking myself that question all week. Brandon, if God is who you say he is, if God is who, the, the, uh, who he is in the Binge the Bible series, if God is who you think that he is and you've been taught that he is, what would your life look like if you lived that out with boldness? What would it look like? And for some of us, that's a, that's a sobering thought. That's a moment of, whoa, my life would look way different. And for some of you, it's like, man, there's a few tweaks here and there, but I'm doing good. And for you, I'd say, great. But for me, at times in my life, I'm embarrassed because there's a gap of what it should look like if I believe that and what it does look like. Are you with me? And, and, and the, that question should challenge us a little bit. My pastor says this. I love this phrase. You've heard me say this before. This is an original with me, obviously, and, and it's not new to this church, but I just feel like as we go into this next series, we need to think about this phrase a lot, and it's this. In order to see God do the miraculous, I must be willing to do the ridiculous. 
Let me, let, let me say it again. Let me say, I'm going to say it to this side, though, because this side like, wasn't quite ready. I'm going to say it to you, and then we'll get ready over there. In order to see God do the miraculous, I must be willing to do the ridiculous. I must be willing to do what nobody else will do. I must be willing to see and sacrifice what nobody else is willing to sacrifice because a bold faith in a big God causes ridiculous to become normal. Let me say that again. A bold faith in a big God should cause ridiculous to become normal. What looks ridiculous to everybody around me looks normal in the spiritual realm because we are not, we, we don't think like his ways are higher and his thoughts are higher. What would a ridiculous step of faith, maybe that job offer that you're trying to figure out that you're like, I, I know God wants me to do it and I know that's what I should do, but I just don't know how it's gonna work out with my family. If God told you to do it, just do it. Figure it out and do it. There's this and there's that and there's these things we gotta do. Here's what I believe. Risk takers will be partakers in God's power. I want to say that again because I, I don't know if y'all writing notes or your espresso hadn't hit yet. But risk takers will be partakers in God's power. And I really believe that if we really believe who God is, then we should be willing to step out in boldness and take some risks and go, God, stretch my faith. God, take me further. God, do more in me. God, make this thing about you and not about me. Give me some boldness. Give me some strength in this thing. I don't know how it's going to end up, but I know you'll be with me when it does end up. And there's a man in the Bible by the name of Daniel. I know you picked up on that when you turned to the book of Daniel. There's a man in the Bible by the name of Daniel who had some crazy, ridiculous faith. And it's a story that we're taught in Sunday school. It's called a Sunday school story. And we have so boiled that thing down to where it's just like a nursery rhyme now. But there is a crazy amount of bold ridiculous faith in Daniel. Daniel uh, was friends with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can go back and read their connection and all that stuff. But he was this dream interpreter, basically, and he had proved himself faithful and helpful to King Darius of that time. And King Darius had set him as an officer over a precinct or an area of King Darius's kingdom. And Darius was so impressed with Daniel that he wanted to place Daniel over the entire kingdom. So basically, Daniel was going to be either second or third in charge coming up. He was about to be promoted. All this stuff was going on. And the other officers of the kingdom that were over precincts caught wind of it. And, and much like what happens when God favors your life in certain ways, they began to get the green eye. They got a little jealous. They got a little jealous. And they were like, wait, 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 wait. Why is he picking Daniel and not me? You ever look at somebody else's blessing and say, I could, why them, not me? Anyway, that's what they're going through. And so they're getting jealous and they're like, we gotta, we gotta get him in trouble. We gotta knock him down a peg in Darius's eyes. And so we gotta figure out how to do this thing. And it says they begin to investigate Daniel and they could find no fault in his character. Man, let that be said of us. That we're believers that walk with so much integrity and character that you can't fault any, find any fault in who I am now. You can find plenty of fault in who I was, but you will not be able to cancel me now. You, you won't be able to find any fault in my character. And they, they found one thing that was a weakness in Daniel, but it was actually his strength, and it was his faith. 
It was this faith in God. It was this belief in God is who he says he is. So the, the other officers come before Darius and they look at Darius and they're like, hey, you need to sign this decree and make this law that if anybody prays to any other gods other than you, then they will be thrown in the lion's den. And Darius doesn't know everything that's going on. And the other officers are like, uh, you know, jealous. And so they convince him to do this. And in verses eight through nine of Daniel chapter six, it says this, now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Verse nine, therefore King Darius signed the document that is in the injunction. Why is that important to know? Because when a king signed a law into law, it could never be changed, ever. So he had to follow through with the law. He had to follow through with whatever was gonna happen. Well, they knew they had him. They knew they had Daniel, Darius was in on it now, and everything begins to take place. Now, word gets back to the officers, this is a new law, if you see this, we're throwing them in a lion's den, just go ahead and know, and after he signs it, they know it's law, and watch what happens in verse 10 when Daniel finds out. This is amazing. It says, now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, why does that matter? Because it cannot be revoked now, right? It is law. When he knew the document was signed, he entered his house. <clears throat> now, in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. Now, here's why that matters. And he continued, which means he had been doing this. He continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Daniel knew the law. And understood, if I get caught, I'm going to be thrown in the lion's den. And he goes home, and he goes, I couldn't care less what you throw me in. My faith ain't built on you. My faith is built on God. So not only will I go back and pray, but I'll go do it in front of the window so that you ain't got no choice but to hear me. You ain't got no choice but to see me. And here's, I'm going to give you a few thoughts on ridiculous faith real quick. Number one, ridiculous faith causes you to stand up when it makes sense to sit back. Ridiculous faith causes you to stand up when everything and everybody around you tell you to sit back. Ridiculous faith is a faith that looks in the face of intimidating circumstances and stands up anyway. Stands in front of the window toward Jerusalem and prays his prayers. Stands in the midst of COVID and still trusts God. Stands in the midst of financial turmoil in your life and still learns how to be generous. Still stands up when your marriage is falling apart around you and you still believe that God has called you and you're going to be there. Stands in the middle of hurt and knows that God can heal. Stands in the middle of when your kids are walking away and you still believe that God's called you to something better. Stands in the middle when everything says sit back. Ridiculous faith. Stands up and bows its chest out and says, not today. My faith ain't in you. My faith is on God. Ridiculous faith causes us to stand up no matter what. Here's, here's something for you to think about. Maybe, maybe your, next, your biggest barrier for the next blessing in your life is your current one. What are you talking about? If it's, if it's a blessing from God, how can it be a barrier? Because when I begin to worship the blessing, 
more than the blesser. It's now become a barrier. I'm in a good season now. I don't have to worship God like that. I don't have to fast and pray. I'm feeling good. Our finances are good. My kids are healthy. The church is growing. I love my life group. I got a good job. My, mar- my wife is, praise God, she's amazing. My husband is doing the dishes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Everything's good. And when you're in a good season, see, I believe that spiritual character is seen by how you act when things are good. If God is who he says he is, why does it depend on the season you're in as to how you seek him? Ridiculous faith causes us to stand up when everything else says to sit back. See, spending time in a lion's den did not intimidate Daniel. He didn't scare Daniel. He knew what was going on. But he still had to do what he had to do because his faith was not in Darius. His faith, his honor was with Darius. He honored Darius, but his faith wasn't there. He, he, he realized the threat of the lions, but his faith wasn't there. His faith, at some point, there will be things that will intimidate you to sit down. And I will encourage you, if your faith is really in God, stand up. I will encourage you that ridiculous faith actually shuts out intimidation. Don't be intimidated because ridiculous faith causes you to stand up. And then we continue reading in the story, and in verse 17, it says this about, Daniel, it says, in a stone. So Daniel's been lowered down into the lion's den. He's been caught. They brought him before Darius. Darius has to do what the law says he's going to do. And then verse 17, a stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles so that nothing would be changed in regard to Daniel. Why is this detail important? Because they just made that stone, that den, those lions and Daniel government property. And if you touched it, were around it, and even looked at it wrong, maybe even sneezed on it, you'd go to jail. Be tortured and probably killed because it's government property. Why was it government property? Because they put their seal on it. It's the same thing that the Roman government did to the tomb when they laid Jesus in it. They said, Jesus, I know you think you're the son of God, but I'm put your government property now. So if you touch this, you will die. And Jesus is like, nah, I'm going to live, but don't worry about that. That's a whole new story. But anyway, they put the government seal on the stone and on the thing. And here's what I'm learning from this. Outside circumstances cannot dictate ridiculous faith. I don't think y'all are getting this today. Is anybody with me in the room? Outside circumstances cannot dictate ridiculous faith. See, when I got ridiculous faith, and I'm not talking about faith that's irresponsible. I'm talking about ridiculous like, hey, God, I'm listening to you, and if you tell me to do it, it may, not look, no, it may look abnormal to everybody else, but I'm going to do it. Hey, God, it, it don't make sense. See, outside circumstances can sometimes change how we see things, but they should not change what God speaks to us. Because if God tells us to do it, he's going to see us through it. That's an old preacher phrase. And the reality is, is that outside circumstances can't dictate ridiculous faith. And here's why, because your faith can't be for sale. Your faith can't be for sale. Whenever you look at somebody and go, I'll really, I'll give more time to God's purposes and God's kingdom when. I'll be more generous when. I'll, I'll build relationships if. I'll do the, what you're doing is putting a price tag on your faith. 
You're putting a price tag on it. Our faith, if God is who he says he is, we can't put a price tag on the fact that he gave his son to die on a cross to pay a debt that you and I couldn't pay all because he wants relationship with us. If God is who he says he is, nothing that happens to me is anything that he can't handle. It's nothing that he hadn't already been through. Because what I know is your faith isn't up to your bank account. Your faith isn't up to your doctor. Your faith is not up to social media. Your faith is not up to the news cycles. Your faith is not up to the White House. Your faith is not up to governmental rule. Somebody better help me today. Your faith is not for sale because your faith is not in here. Your faith is in the God that loves you and has given everything for you because he sees something in you that maybe you don't even see in yourself. Don't put your faith up for sale because somebody will buy it. Somebody will buy it. They won't pay the price God did because he's already paid for it. But you're already putting up for sale when it ain't yours. It's God. Our faith is in God. When you're willing to lay with lions, you don't know what's going to happen, but you know who's going to make it happen. When you're, when you're willing to go in a lion's den for your faith, when you're willing to go, I know this looks ridiculous to you, and I know what everybody's going to say, and I know what everybody's going to think, and I know whatever you're going to feed me to the lion's den, I know you think it's ridiculous, but I got a ridiculous faith. I got an edge about me. I'm not here to be safe. I'm not here just to make it and pass go and collect $200 every two Mondays from now, and I'm going to do what I got to do, and I'm just going to get through, and when I get to the pearly gates, I'm going to say, God, thanks for getting me through I'm glad to be here no it's time to walk with the power of a powerful God that is on the inside of us that my faith is based in I'm tired of a soft faith I'm tired of a safe faith I'm tired of just standing around hoping I make it when I got a God that's seen me through outside circumstances cannot dictate my ridiculous faith and if you continue reading in verses 19 through 22 government property Daniel is in the lion's den and it says that Darius couldn't sleep that night he loved Daniel he liked Daniel he had no problem with Daniel but he had to follow his own law verse 19 through 22 then the king arose at dawn at the break of day and went in haste which means he hurried to the lion's den and when he had come near to the den to Daniel he cried out with a troubled voice the king spoke and said to Daniel Daniel Servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Now, let's be real. Wasn't nobody expecting a response. (laughs) You in a den with lions. You don't want nobody to talk. And if you do, you got a lot of questions. But verse 21 says, then Daniel spoke to the king. O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth and they have not harmed me inasmuch as I was found innocent before him and also toward you, O king, I have committed no crime. In other words, God delivered me just like I knew that he could, not would, but could and, and, and I'm ready to get out of here. So get me out. I'm ready to get out. I'm ready to get out. See, here, here's uh, the last thought about ridiculous faith. Ridiculous faith is undeniable. 
Because what looks ridiculous to everybody else looks miraculous in the spiritual realm. It looks miraculous to God. It looks miraculous to us. See, when you're willing to lay with lions, maybe God will shut the mouths of the lions. Now, here's something that I've always thought about with this story. It never says the lions didn't make noise. It never says they didn't growl. It never says they didn't roar. It just says he shut their mouths. And I have this thought of, of whenever Daniel's lowered down into the lion's den, that the lions may not have laid down immediately, but their mouths never opened. I just have this, I just wonder, what if they were growling, but they couldn't injure And so what if a lot of the noise that's around your life is from a shut mouth? And we're allowing them to injure us when they never should be able to to begin with. They're they're destroying my faith. They're destroying my marriage. They're destroying my mental mental health and my emotional health. And they're destroying this. And they say this and they say that. And and, and God's just going, I shut their mouth. It doesn't mean they're not making noise. It just means they're not going to hurt you. Because if you're hidden in Christ, what in the world are we worried about to begin with? Can I tell you, when we first started this church, this isn't a pat on back, pat me on the back moment, but when we first started this church, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I had tons of people around me. Some were telling me, I don't know if this is smart. You're leaving a good job to go do that. And you got no financial security. And you know, what are you going to do if it doesn't work? And da, da, da. all I knew was God just told me to go start a church where people would love to come and kids would not ever want to leave. And where we would impact thousands of people on a weekly basis. And we would empower them to go into the communities and make a difference and reach their friends and their neighbors. I just knew that. And they're like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. But. And some of them were in my life to help me. And some of them were just a lot of noise that were there to intimidate me. And when we started the church, a lot of you don't know this, I almost shut it down after three and a half years. Like this was almost not even here. It wasn't working, y'all. If you went back and heard some of the sermons, you'd know why. But, (laughs) no, it, it just wasn't working. It wasn't growing. I mean, lives were being impacted, but like, I was like, God, there's, I know for a fact what you called me to do, and this ain't it. I worked four jobs to start this church for a year to a year and a half. Couldn't buy baby food and diapers. I literally one time had to rely on a $20 bill that miraculously was blowing across my yard to go get diapers for my my oldest son because I couldn't afford them and my bank account was in the negative. That's how we started this church. I'm not telling you that that's the right thing to do. I'm telling you that's what we did. Because all I knew was what God told me to do. And there was a lot of noise and there was a lot of intimidation. There was a lot of things. But I'm here to tell you after three and a half years, I was like, I told my board of overseers, we have a board of elders and a board of overseers here at Radiate Church. So I am not, I couldn't go run buck wild if I wanted to. But I looked at our board of overseers and I was like, I'm done. I'm out. Can't do this. And they're like, let's try something. Let's do this. Let's put some, you know, and we relaunched and by the grace of God, over the past seven and a half years, we've seen God grow us from about 75 to well over 800 now, and God's doing amazing things and just breaking records every week, and it's great, right? That's amazing. That's phenomenal. Woo, yeah, woo But can I tell you, ridiculous faith ain't always fun, but it is undeniable because I get to look back now, and I remember when he was a newborn sitting in a... Y'all know those baby cages? 
and you just connect them together and they make like, the, like a UFC octagon in there for babies. We had like a 10 by 10 room with one of those in there and he was one of the babies. And now I get to watch him and after this service, guess what, my, guess what that one right there, my 12 year old's about to go do? He's gonna go serve in the elementary room or the preschool room back there. And he's gonna help them learn about Jesus. I look at that and I'm not, please don't pat me or him on the back for that. I look at that and go, ridiculous faith because I shouldn't have been able to do this is undeniable. It always breaks through. It always happens. And if God is who we think he is and who we say he is, what in the world are we waiting on? Why is the edge not there? Why can't I stand up when everybody else says sit back? Why can't I ask God to stretch my faith when it comes to my marriage, when it comes to my job, when it comes to my influence, when it comes to my parenting, when it comes to my finances, when it comes to my prayer, when it comes to my worship, when it comes to my God? Why can't I ask God, God, I'm ready to lay with some lions. I know I hadn't been ready to for about two years. I know that there's circumstances that have called me back. But God, so be it. If I'm laying with lions, I'm laying with lions. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know who's going to do it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know who's going to do it. God, I'm ready to lay with some lions. Give me my edge back. Give me my edge back. I texted a friend of mine in Texas this week, Pastor Mitch Rose, and I told him, I said, I'm ready to get my edge back, man. I said, there's a fire building, and I said, I'm about to do some crazy stuff for the king. I don't know what it is. I'm just tired of being safe, man. And what if there was a group of people that said, you know what? I do serve a God that's bigger than my paycheck. I do serve a God that's bigger than my problems. I do serve a God that's bigger than what I see. I do serve a God that's bigger than society and bigger than culture and bigger than the noise and bigger than the mouths of lions. I'm ready to lay with lions because my God is bigger than anything I've ever seen. What if? And I, I, I just want to, I, I got to stop because I pray, I preach about another hour and y'all don't, nobody needs that. Anyway, just come back. Just come back. We're going to keep it going. We're going to keep it going. But I just want to pray two prayers. Number one, there are people at both campuses today and you have failed to put your life in Christ and ask for forgiveness. And it's not because you don't think you need it. It's because you haven't seen anybody live a faith that is indicative of the bigness of God that you hear about. And I want you to know that we fail and we may get it wrong and you may have been around people that get it right and been around people that get it wrong. I just want you to know that as we all fail, God is bigger than any of us in any way that we could ever live. And if you're willing to take that step and say, I'll put my life in Christ today, and ask my sinful nature to be replaced with his perfect sacrifice. I just want you to know that if you'll take that step and tell God you want to walk it out in a boldness with him, we'll walk with you. We'll walk with boldness too. We'll lay with lions with you. You won't be by yourself. And then I just want to pray over us that the spirit of God would just give us a boldness as we walk out of here. Would you just bow your heads with me for a moment? And if you're ready to just say, Jesus, I... I just need your forgiveness. I need your sacrifice. I need your love. And I give you that today. And that's my first step in bold faith to say, forgive me and help me start a new life. If that's you, I just want you to pray this with me. It's not the prayer that saves you. The Bible says it's belief that Jesus is Lord and the confession that he is Lord and that you are a sinner and that you need him that saves us. Let's just pray this. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. 
I ask that you forgive my past, forgive my present, and redeem my future. I'm taking a step today to say that I'm a sinful man, sinful woman, and I need your sacrifice of the cross as my Savior to pay a debt that has separated me from God that I can't pay so that I can be restored back to relationship with him. And today, I give you my life. Thank you, God, through the sacrifice of Jesus for making room for me in the family of God. And from this point forward, I want to live with and for you. Now, as everyone continues to pray, if you prayed that prayer and gave your life to Jesus before I move on with any other prayer, I would just love to know who I prayed with just now. And if you've given your life to Jesus, would you just hold your hand up real high and say right here, I've sacrificed my life. I've given him my life. I've asked for forgiveness and I know who he is and he is my savior from this point forward. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to pray with you and just ask God, Father, I love you. Thank you. And Lord, I pray that you'd move our, our, our work, our faith muscle, stretch us, build us. Give us a moment of, of grace to where we just get bigger. And God, as we walk this thing out, that we would believe what we know about you and we would live it out. That our lives would be indicative of the bigness and the goodness of our God. And Father, we love you and we honor you and we worship you. And I pray that we get a fire back, that we get an edge back, that we move with some faith, that we, that we have some ridiculous faith and watch you do some miraculous things. God, we love you and we honor you. In your name we pray, amen.